your future marriage can be one of your greatest joys or one of your deepest pains. And you know what? A lot of it depends on how you use your single years. If you are interested in using your single years well, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. We want to come alongside you and help you have a future marriage that was worth waiting for. My name's Kim, and I'm here today in the online studio with Leah. Hey, Kim. It's so good to be back back with you. I know. Season six. Can you believe it? (laughs) I can't believe it. I've been so excited. I'm so excited we're finally starting. Well, we've heard that one of the topics y'all might need some help with is how to just be friends with a guy. And I so get that struggle, so I'm really excited that we're gonna talk about it today. Yes, friendship is a vital component in marriage. I mean, I hope you're gonna end up marrying one of your guy friends. But one of the ways that you can love your husband before you even have one is to enter marriage with healthy friendships with your guy friends, and that's what we're discussing. Yes, and there is one very unhealthy kind of friendship that I've recently learned about. It's called a situationship. Do we have any girls out there in situationships? Um, I've asked, you know, my friends that are on TikTok. I don't have TikTok, but I have some friends on TikTok, and I asked them what a situationship is. And they said it's basically when a guy and a girl are just friends, they're not in a committed relationship, but they basically use each other for emotional support and validation basically just the worst friendship ever. Like it just, it just sounds like kind of the worst situation to be in. Kim, were you ever in a situationship? Oh yeah. But back in my day, we called it super friends. Mm, I've heard that. (laughs) It's nothing new. I mean, I'm wondering if our crew out there struggles with it too. Leah, you know, this might be one of those good spots for one of your amazing diagnostic tests. Oh, well, say less because I made one for this episode. <laughs> <you> so <laughs> ladies, if you answer yes to any of these questions, there's a chance that you and your guy friend have an unhealthy friendship. So let's just, let's just do it. So question number one, does he consistently ask you to hang out one-on-one, but he doesn't call it a date? Do you get jealous when he's with another girl? Do you try to make him jealous by posting when you're with another guy? Do you need consistent validation that he's into you? Would your friendship with him have to change if you got a boyfriend? Ooh, that's a good one. I know, that's a good one. This last one, this last one really hits, ladies, so just prepare yourself. Are you getting an emotional high from the back and forth of giving him the cold shoulder to being on good terms again? That one, that one might've hurt a little bit and y'all I'm exhausted just reading these. And so we want to help. We are here to help. So whether you are finally done getting into situationships or maybe you're the girl that's always been in a relationship and you're just looking to learn how to relate with guys in a God honoring way in your singleness, 
This episode is for you. It's for any girl that needs a biblical framework and practical advice for how to have God-honoring friendships with guys. And to help us discuss this important topic, we have invited our friend Natalie, and you are going to really enjoy hearing from her. She is a very wise woman, and she has lots of great insights. Yes, Natalie, help our listeners get to know you a little bit. Well, thank you guys so much for having me today. This is so fun. Um, I have been married to my husband, Brent, for 11 years. I actually live with a lot of guys. Uh, I have three sons, seven, five, and three, and I also have a little girl who's two. My husband and I have been working with college students for over a decade, and with that, one of our favorite things we've gotten to do is speak at conferences over the subject of relationships. So I'm super excited to be on the podcast and chat with you guys today. Well, Natalie, we are so excited to have you on. And I think, you know, the most important question for us to start with on this episode, talking about how to have healthy friendships with guys is, is it biblical for men and women to be just friends? I feel like I've heard different opinions, you know, heard different things over the years, but is it biblical? Such a great question to ask and such a great place to start. So Although we could point to tons of examples, I think we should just focus on Jesus himself. So Jesus, he had healthy friendships with the opposite sex. Uh, Mary Magdalene, she's one of the most well-known female figures in the New Testament. She was a devoted follower of Jesus, and she was present during many significant events in his life. She's often mentioned as being part of a group of women who supported Jesus and his disciples financially and spiritually. Um, she was the first person to, re- to witness the resurrected Christ, and he even entrusted her with the task of telling the disciples about his resurrection. This is just one example. Um, there's others, Mary and Martha and Luke 10, the Samaritan woman and John 4. There's lots of examples of Jesus having friendships with women. That's really cool, Nat. I feel like even thinking about these different women, I've like I usually think about them just as these individual stories and interactions with Jesus and the Bible. I don't normally think of them as like people who just lived life alongside, Mm. alongside Jesus, just as friends. So I'm really glad that you, that you talked about them. Yeah. Yeah. It's not hard to find friendships behind or between men and women in the Bible. It's easy uh, to answer your question. So yes, it is biblical for men and women to be friends. I think the difficulty is when you begin to get into the details of what God wants those friendships to look like. So God does give us a great metaphor to use as our guide, and that metaphor is family. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I'm excited to hear more about that. Well, check it out. In Mark 3:35, Jesus says, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus here, he's making a clear statement of the relationship that he has with other followers of Jesus, both men and women. And he uses this metaphor of family. Uh, Another one I think of is 1 Timothy 5, 1 through 2. Uh, Paul tells us to treat other believers like fathers, mothers, brothers, and sisters. You know, that is such a great verse. Leah, would you mind reading it? Yes. It says, never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. Wow, that really speaks says family to me. Very clear. Yeah, I think 
we can use the way we think about our family to evaluate the health of our earthly relationships with other believers. Uh, there's just clear connections between believers of both genders and family. I mean, it doesn't work out perfectly in all situations, but it is great to consider how you interact with all people in the body of Christ, uh, male or female. So if you come from a big family like I did, it's easy to ask and answer this question, how did I interact with my brothers, my sister, my mother, my father? If I take those same principles and apply them to my life, I find myself in very healthy relationships with men and women of all ages. You know, and may I add into that um just that statement that's so good, Natalie, but I think that applies to whether you're married or not. I mean, this is, this is applicable for me as a married woman. Um, so I'm so glad you mentioned that. Do you have some examples of kind of what that looks like? Um, great question, Kim. So I rarely, if ever gave continual special attention to any of my siblings. We operate as a family unit, did things in community, and this is really a great principle for your relationships with the opposite sex as well. Avoid isolated time together. Families focus on community. So in the same way, friendships with the opposite sex is really best done in the context of community. Um, Another example I can think of is, so I was closer to my sister than my brothers. Uh, Even though I love them all the same, but because we're of the same gender, we related and connected on issues that we shared together. It was just more appropriate to communicate deep, hard things with my sister than it was my brothers. And in the same way, in our relationships in the family of God, it's healthier to say the deep, harder things in your life with friends of the same gender. Obviously, the caveat here is once you get married, then the depth uh, with your husband should trump all other earthly relationships. And God says that's actually a good thing. So Yeah, there's many ways this can play out, but asking the question, how would I interact with my brother, sister, mother, or father could be really helpful as you navigate relationships inside the body of Christ with the opposite sex. Okay. Yes, Natalie. I I love this metaphor of thinking about and treating my guy friends like brothers, which, you know, I would never get into a situationship with my brother. LOL. That's so weird. (laughs) I'm like, I feel like that really helps draw some clear lines for me. Um, but I think, you know, I'm always thinking of like, what does, what do things like this practically look like? You know, how do we take this metaphor and practically live it out as we are, you know, we're surrounded by these really great guys, Mm -hmm. um, that we want to have God honoring friendships with. So Natalie, what are some tips that you have for how to practically live this out? Totally. Well, I would love to share some suggestions. But it's important to clarify that these are just suggestions based on my personal experience, the wisdom of other godly women, but I don't know your individual circumstance or your background. So with that in mind, I would just encourage everyone listening to process with uh, with the person or the community that helps lead you spiritually. You mm-hmm. may have someone that knows you well and has a different perspective, and that's great. If you trust them and they love God, um, I really suggest listening to them. You know, Natalie, that's a great point. Um, And I think that's just a good rule of thumb for the content that comes off our podcast. I think it's important to really lean in to the wise woman around you who love God, who know the Bible, they know you and they know your unique situation best. It's, you know, we can give our thoughts and, and advice, but you need someone around you that can really help you think things through and hopefully we'll give you some good things to discuss and think about. Um, so I'm glad you pointed that out. I think that again, that's just a good rule of thumb for our podcast in general, but that said, you've prepared for us some wise tips 
to help us all have healthy guy friendships. So what is your first tip, Natalie? Okay, let's do it. Tip number one, try to limit your exposure to the opposite sex when you're not around them. Mm. What does that mean? So our Mm. hearts and minds, they tend to grow affection for the things that our eyes and our ears intake. So if you spend time every day with a guy or with a guy and you follow him on social media, you have a snap streak, you can't expect to maintain a healthy, godly friendship with him. If you did this with your brother, he would be so weirded <laughs> out, like Leah said. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really I rarely thought about the time I was gonna spend with my brothers. We spent time in the natural flow of life, and that was great. Um be content with being around guys when circumstances cause it, but save the intentionality. For your female friends? You know, I think that my self in college would have felt very convicted by this tip, Natalie, <laughs> honestly. Um, I think, yeah, uh, I think it just really, I think it points to the fact that we do have some control over what we grow affections for, for what our hearts want. And I think a lot of the time we aren't just, you know, catching feels like, oh my gosh, this is just happening to me. I just like him. Like, I can't help it. Like, we're, we're creeping him on social media, you know, yes, we're, we're creeping yes. feels from our creeping social media, feels. creeping feels. Um, I think that, yeah, I think as girls, we can just be like, I, I just can't help but I like him when we're actually doing specific things that feed into those feels. Yeah. Um, does that make sense to y'all? Yeah. It's kind of like, are you catching feels? Or are you feeding feels? I just mm, think feeding, you know, yes, feeding feels. I mean, you know, if you keep feeding yeah. them, yeah, you're going to have the feels. So, mm. yeah, that's really totally. good, Leah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, tip number two consider that if you desire marriage, God has one man that's designed to experience the fullness of who you are emotionally and physically. So, every brother in Christ will most likely be married to another sister in Christ in the future. You want to treat them in a way that you would feel no shame if you had their family over for dinner a decade from now. Y'all, trust me, this has actually happened to me being married for over a decade. Uh, You might ask yourself this question, if he got a girlfriend right now, would my feelings be hurt? This is kind of a good litmus test for this. Mm. I mean, Natalie, the dinner thing is so real. I mean, Sean is actually friends with some of my guy friends. And I'm telling you, it is worth the work on the front end to keep those friendships healthy. Mm. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I totally agree. Yes, I totally agree. I have been there. It could make some awkward dinner conversations if you're not careful. Um, Okay, tip number three. Pray for contentment with being single until a godly guy pursues you. Um, Just ask God regularly when you go into group settings to give you eyes to see your community as a family, especially your community of the opposite sex. Mm, I love that tip, Nat. Um, I really think contentment is just one of the most attractive things, you know, not even like from a guy perspective, but to other girls. Like when I meet a girl who is content, I just want to be around her. Like I feel drawn to her. I want to learn from her. I really want what she has. So whenever I'm around a girl like that, it just inspires me to pray to be, to have that kind of contentment in my life. Yeah. Same. Good point. Same, Leah. Okay. And last tip number four, purposely go out of your way to talk with groups of guys and girls that you aren't naturally drawn to. 
Um, guys, this is just going to help your heart and give off the accurate impression to others that you care for the entire family of God, not just a select few people. Now, I thought this was an interesting point, and I am just curious, how have you seen girls not do this? How have you seen them not go out of their way to talk to people that they're not naturally drawn to? Yeah, I think it's really easy for us, right, to hang out with people that look like us and act like us and like the same things as us. But I think God gives great value to all people. And so I think it's really important to him that we love all people. And it's important to us too, right? We want to know uh, the type of person we want to be and the type of people that we want to spend time with. And we can't know that if we just hang out with the right people. So I think it's really important to get to know all different kinds of people. Ooh, that's good. You know, Sean was really, really good at this. Um, because like he interacted with all kinds of people, all kinds of girls. And I took notice of that. So it wasn't out of the ordinary when he was nice to me. And I just couldn't assume it kind of made it harder because I couldn't just assume that he was interested in me or liked me anymore than he did these other girls because he treated us all the same. So he had to be pretty clear when we started dating that he was really interested in me because I just, you know, but I like that about him and I wanted right. to be more like that too. Um, because I think everybody really felt loved and cared for by him. Yeah. And I think it's good to practice going out of your way to meet people. You don't naturally have all these things in common with in college. Cause I really think that will be your life after you graduate, you know, like mm -hmm. after you graduate, you're going to be in groups, you know, in a church where you're just not going to be surrounded by everybody that just has all these things in common with you like you do in college. And I think it's really valuable to learn how to cultivate friendships um, with people that are different from you in college, because that probably will be the rest of your life. You know, as you move, as you move into different stages of life, you're not always going to be surrounded by people that have all these things in common, like Nat was saying. So I, I think that's really great advice. Yeah. And you never know who's watching. You know, I mean, that may be a character mm -hmm. quality that a godly man is looking for in his wife because, you know, guys do. I mean, they don't they don't want a wife who's out flirting out with everybody. You know, they they want a guy, a girl who's who's uh, crazy about them. And and it's that it works the same way. I mean, I don't want a guy who's out flirting with every girl. I want a guy who just thinks I'm the one for him, you know, that. Anyway, I just think it's yeah. good because yes, you're establishing absolutely. your character and there are guys out there who are looking for that type of character. Right. Totally. Yes. Nat, those tips were so good. Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Of course. Yes. And kind of like what I was saying earlier, this is an area y'all have really asked for some help in. And so I went on my Instagram and I asked just what kinds of questions y'all would want answered about this topic of just how to just be friends with guys. Um, and so Nat, if it's okay, we're just gonna, we're just gonna ask you them. We're gonna fire them away at you. Does that Let's sound good? Yes. Yeah, sounds fun. Okay. So here's the first question. And we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but could you share some other ways where not having healthy guy friendships could really hurt a future marriage? Yes, for sure. Um, not being careful about the health of your guy friendships, you really risk creating patterns in your life that might seem harmless when you're single, but that could actually be destructive in your marriage in the future. You, you risk having these emotional attachments to these men 
who don't end up being your husband. They're actually someone else's husband. I remember having a conversation with a young, newly married person, and we had a pretty honest relationship. And she opened up and she said, Kim, I just didn't realize how much I really look to men, to other men to find, you know, to feel pretty or to feel desirable. And it's true. I mean, if, if we continue or we develop a pattern, I love that you said that word pattern, but if we develop a pattern of getting our validation from other men, whether it's the delivery guy or our friend or a guy in class or whatever, um, what will you do in marriage when you, you don't, you have a day where maybe you don't feel very validated by your husband? Are you going to reach out to the delivery guy to get that? I mean, that's just weird. Um, you can't keep trying to get it from other men. That's just not healthy. And, and we've touched on this and I just want to reemphasize it again, but these guy friends don't go away when you get married and your friendships with them don't just get healthy when you walk down an aisle. They're going to show up as your kid's soccer coach. His wife may be in your Bible study at church. You may have them over to dinner like Natalie talked about. And so if you can do the hard work to get these friendships healthy, it's going to really pay off in the long run. Okay, I got off on my topic, on that topic. But Natalie, what are some good conversation topic boundaries to have with guy friends? I think this is a great question because I I get asked that a lot too. But what are good conversation topics to have with guy friends? Yeah. Uh, So I think, you know, this isn't always so, so black and white, but I think there are some things I would avoid maybe talking about with all of my guy friends. I would steer clear of, of really deep conversation. So just remembering you want to save these areas of yourself emotionally for your husband. So examples of this might be um, your hopes, your big fears, your huge dreams, maybe traumatic events in your life. Um, just things like this that are going to attach you emotionally to a friendship that may not end up being more than a friendship, right? Well, it just makes me think of my girls out there in situationships that I think uh, even when I think back to me and what I would have probably considered situationships back in the day, I think I really was longing for that emotional support and like care, like from a guy. And so I shared that and this like, just, you know, friendship, we were not in a committed relationship. And then when they started dating somebody else, it really was hurtful. And so just to validate girls, like we do need to be cared for emotionally, but when we give that and look for that in a non-committed relationship, it really does just set us up to be hurt. And so I just, I, I so relate with that like desire to be cared for in that way. But I think it's cool how in singleness, you really can learn how to be cared for that way by the Lord. Um, and I really had some women help me learn how to do that. So just thinking of the girls you. out there. Yeah, I appreciate you being honest, Leah. And I, I actually have something to confess to that's kind of a funny story. But <gasps> Tell I had us. A, <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> um, I had a guy shut me down once in conversation. Um, I was a single girl, and I can't even remember what we were talking about or what I asked him. But <laughs> he said, Kim, thanks for asking, but you know, that's the kind of stuff I'm waiting to talk about with my future wife someday. (laughs) No way. Yeah, we were on a bus ride somewhere to a conference, 
And <laughs> to be honest, it felt a little awkward because I yes. I didn't really view him as more than a friend, but he had a clear boundary for me. And wow. but you know, it was to be honest, it was a little attractive because he I liked how he valued his future wife so much. And I found myself thinking, man, I I want a guy like that. Um, so anyway, it's I admire that boldness. I do too. I do too. And so, but it is kind of weird to be on the receiving end. It was a little awkward, but it I think it's worth it because we have a healthy yeah. friendship today. I'm friends with his wife, mm. he's friends with my husband. I mean, it's good and it was worth it. But one of yeah. the questions I started asking myself, um, because I think that situation kind of helped me is like, would I be talking about this with a guy if I if I was married? Does that make sense? Like Oh, it was a question a I used one. to kind of as a grid, like if I'm in a conversation with a guy thinking, okay, if I was married to someone else, would I be having this type of conversation? And I think that's a good way to build that muscle for when you are married to have these healthy relationships. Anyway, lessons learned. Yes, ladies. No, I think that's good. Ladies, remember, remember that question. Would I be talking about this with him if I was married? I think that's a really helpful one to to filter your conversations through. So definitely, definitely remember that one. Yeah, I glad to share. Glad to share. Well, Nat, this is this is a question that I got. Um, so, what if most of my friends are guys, and what if I just like hanging out with guys more than I like hanging out with girls? Like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, that's a good question, and honestly, I I can relate to that question some. Um, the first thing I would say is just, I would begin praying that God would bring some amazing female friendships into your life. I think like we talked about earlier, there are just unique ways that we can connect and be loved by only our female friends. It's okay to enjoy your guy friends. Like we talked about before, these friendships aren't bad. Um, however, I would continually be evaluating and asking yourself these questions. And like we talked about earlier, if I had a boyfriend, would this friendship need to change? Um, some of those diagnostic questions you gave earlier, Leah, I think would be really helpful in thinking through these guy friendships. I love that, Nat, even just asking and praying that God would bring some amazing female friendships. I think that's yes. great advice. Yes. Another good one that I got, thought this one was interesting. It said, why can't I hang out one-on-one -on -one with a guy even when he has a girlfriend? Like if we're just friends, like what what would be wrong with that? Okay. Yes. Good question. All right. Well, at the end of the day, opposite gender friendships, they just can't stay that way forever. So even if you're just friends from your side, it can be hard to know what these guys are thinking. Um, I think especially in this scenario, a good way to honor his girlfriend is to stick to friendship in the context of community. Like we talked about earlier, you can still spend time with this guy, but let's bring some community into it and have a friendship in the context of this community. That's a great Man. point, Nat. Yeah, Opposite really gender friendships is. can't stay that way forever. Yeah, they really can. They got to change. Mm -hmm. They got to change eventually. I think that even brings perspective into why it's worth it to invest in our girl friendships. Because it's like our girl friendships we can take with us, you know, from singleness into marriage. You know, they don't really like have to change a ton, but our friendships right. with guys will look different. So I think it kind of helps put into, into perspective, like how much time am I investing in a lot of these guy friendships that I could be investing into girl friendships that I can take with me the rest of my life, you know? 
Yeah, that's good. Well, Natalie, um, here's a question. How do you make sure you're not leading a guy on? I mean, how can a girl be kind without coming off as flirty? Good question, Kim. Okay, this is something someone taught me when I was younger, and it's really stuck with me, is this phrase, attention to all and intention to none. So we can value our guy friends, we can care about them, we can spend time with them, and we can also treat them the same as each other. We can treat them all the same. Um, Being careful not to give any one guy special attention helps to clarify your intentions and not lead them on. So um, you can make sure you're not leading a guy on by giving attention to everyone, but intention to no one. That's a good phrase. I've heard that too. I'm glad you shared that. Well, here's another question. How can a girl tell when a guy's being flirty or just being friendly? Ooh, that's a good one. That's hard. Yeah, I think, I mean, sometimes it's hard to tell, right? Um, And I'm not. (laughs) I know, it is hard. (laughs) I know. Uh, And I won't pretend I'm an expert here. Obviously, I've been married for over a decade, but I will say this I think there's great value in dating and eventually marrying a guy who gives clear communication with his intentions. Um, Even Kim, I was thinking about the story you were telling earlier where he was very clear in what he wanted to communicate and how he wanted to communicate that. I think that's so important in the guy you marry. And so I think uh, if you can't tell if a guy's being flirty or just being friendly, that could be uh, kind of something to evaluate um, in that friendship because there's great value in dating and marrying someone who gives clear communication and intentions. Okay, Natalie, here's one. What if a girl likes a guy only as a friend, but not as someone that she would really see herself marrying? Okay, well, I would just suggest being very clear and very conscious with your actions and your conversations. So like we talked about earlier, at the end of the day, every guy friendship will either end in marriage or distant friends. Um, you do your husband and possibly future family a really big favor by having appropriate friendships with the opposite gender. So this guy should never question his standing with you. He should never question if you like him or not. Um, Just being really conscious about not leading him on, not giving him special attention, not spending a lot of one-on-one time with him, I think are ways that would help him know your intentions are just friendships. Mm, Well, that leads perfectly into my next question, Nat. And that is, what is the line between friendship and situationship? Like, how do I know if I'm kind of going over from friendship into a situationship? What are some signs that I could be doing that? Yes. I think, honestly, Leah, what you gave earlier is one of the better tools I've seen. I would go back to your evaluation tool. I would ask yourself those questions. And I think that'll really help bring friendship. I'm sorry. I think that will really help bring clarity to these friendships and if, if they really are friendships or if they're blurring the line to situationships. It's mm. really good. Here's another lesson I learned that was really helpful for me, but if try praying for the guy's future wife and you will oh, find out real good. quick in your heart if you're truly just friends or if you really want something more, because it is hard to pray for mm. a guy and his future wife, because it might not be you. Yes. Uh, but to be able to pray that, I think it really keeps, or it kept my heart 
in the right place to see him as a brother and as a friend. Um, anyway, that, that was a game changer for me. Ken, that's what I was just thinking is, I mean, I prayed for my brother's future wife for many years. Like that's something I like loved to do and got to see God answer that prayer. So I think that would be an awesome way to treat our brothers as family is to pray for their future wife. That's great advice. So good. Well, Nat, our last question is what are my next steps if I do start catching feels? Maybe I'm catching the feels. Maybe I'm feeding the feels, kind of what Ken (laughs) said earlier. But what do I do if I feel myself start to like my guy friend? Yes. Maybe you're feeding him. I would I would go back to the practicals we talked about earlier, right? Uh, limiting your exposure, the Instagram, the text, the snaps. I would uh, really focus on treating him as you would anyone else, treating him as a brother in Christ. I would seek out contentment. Um, I think just going back and applying some of these practicals, if you start catching feels um, for your guy friends and see – um, to see what God might do through that. And may I add, um, start praying for his wife, uh, his future wife, because I do, I really think like we talked about, but also Mm -hmm. to pray and ask that if there is something there, like if, if God's putting something in your heart for him, that God would put something in this guy's heart for you and that he would grow in his feelings for you and that he might, and for God to put it on his heart to initiate something, initiate some time together. I mean, that's kind of what I did. I prayed when I started having feelings for Sean as a friend, um, started praying for his wife. And I prayed that God would maybe put that in his heart to initiate with me. And he did. And so I'd Yay. prayed that with other guys Yay. before and God <laughs> said no. And I was bummed, but he did say yes with Sean. And so that was just a real helpful thing for me. Well, Natalie, we have covered a lot of ground and you have had some really wise tips for us, um, whether you're married or single to have good, healthy guy friendships. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we have to wrap up? Yeah. So we all want to love our husbands. Uh, before we even have one. And whenever you get married, a huge way you can serve your spouse and your family is by having healthy boundaries with the opposite sex. You're likely not going to have male friendships and marriage outside of couple friends and friend spouses. But like Kim said earlier, you will need to interact with men. I interact with men at the gym and my kids sports, their coaches, neighbors, coworkers. So I think it's so important, guys, that we learn to love our husbands before we even have one by growing in our friendships with guys while we're single. Yes. And just to repeat Natalie's tips again for you guys, because they were so good. They were number one, try to limit your exposure to the opposite sex when you are not around them. Tip number two, consider that if you desire marriage, God has one man that is designed to experience the fullness of who you are emotionally and physically. Number three, pray for contentment with being single until a godly guy pursues you. And number four, purposely go out of your way to talk with groups of guys and girls that you aren't naturally drawn to. And overall, just this metaphor of treating our guy friends like family, like our brothers in Christ. These were all so good, Nat. Yes, I had so much fun with you guys. Thanks for having me on today. Yes, Natalie, I know what it's like to um, have to prepare and think through things and make time when you have 
littles at home and you've got a house full of them. So thank you so much for making this happen. I'm so glad that you were able to join us today and I appreciate it. And um, this is just kind of a fun fact. Natalie's husband, Brent, was actually on the podcast already. He was on episode number 14 and it was our discussion about modesty. So if you're interested in kind of hearing the other half of their um, marriage, um, Brent is really wise. And so he has some great points. So you might check in or check uh, out episode number 14. I'd love to give a special shout out to our listeners in Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, y'all, has put us, our podcast, on the charts all summer long. And I have they been love us for in you Kazakhstan. Guys. They love us in Kazakhstan. And I am just thrilled to death. And I've been praying for the young women there. And it's just been such a privilege. So thank you so much for listening in Kazakhstan. Um, one last thing. Some of you may know this, but some of you might not. Some of you are new, hopefully. Uh, we have some new people. Thanks for joining us. But the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast is based off the book I wrote a few years ago with the same name. And if you are leading a small group, you might consider using the book in your group. We have, we put together this fun Bible study bundle and it's available on our new updated website, kimvollendorf.com, which should be live soon. And if it has a picture of me and Sean at the top of the website at the Grand Canyon, that's the new one. Anything else is the old one. So (laughs) we're pressing through getting that together, but hopefully it'll be up by the time this episode goes live. And as a bonus, sometimes I zoom in to visit these groups. And so that's always really fun for me. And if you're interested in that, just message me and let me know. What a great episode. Y'all, thank you so much. We have just enjoyed having you be with us, and we look forward to having you again because we still have a lot more to talk about. Thanks so much. 